I've just been um, asked to do some top tips. Um, hopefully, it'll cover every age group, and um, hopefully there might, there might also be one or two things for parents. I think one of the things that I've learnt over the years working with children, and I was counting the other day on how many years I've done, and I've just clocked up 30, which is quite, quite frightening, um, is that um, the more I work with children, the more I realise I need to learn. And so I don't, I'm not an expert on this, I'm really not. So, but these are just a few thoughts. Um, uh, do people have the note? Oh, Okay. <clears throat> I've basically just divided it into three. And when you do top tips, there are so many things that you could do. And, you know, it's sort of slightly intimidating brief. But um, I've divided it into three, the teacher, the group, and then um, the children. So, um, and, and I'm literally just going to throw out these, these things. I might sort of say a few things on it. Um, so the teacher, in terms of um, getting ready for the group that you're going to be receiving, um, do, do pray before the session and just um, ask God about what, you, what he wants you to be doing. We've got fantastic resources, but I think sometimes, um, you know, God knows these children better than we do, and we need some help. I certainly do anyway. Um, and listen as well. I think it's very easy to get caught up in the writing and the ideas and everything, but actually, you know, we must be confident to change things if we feel that that's what we want to do. And actually, sometimes it might just be quite a good thing not to do it at all if you think that's appropriate for the group at the time. Be prepared. Um, those of you who are teachers, you know all about planning, which is our, the bane of our lives, most of us. Um, but I think it's really important to know where you're going. I think if you think about um, teaching, whatever you're teaching as a journey, you have a destination, so you have your aim it's really important to know how to get there. You know, if you're going to Oxford Street, you don't just suddenly turn up there. There's, there are things that you have to do. And I think for children, like Tim was saying about breaking things up, you need to think of ways that you're going to get there. It's really important. If you don't know it, then they won't learn it. And again, as Tim's just said, you know, it's really important that you know the, the passage. I must say, in the, the last session of Bubbles, they did have some fairly random stories and um, I really did have to go and sit down and kind of study this rather bizarre story that they had chosen. But don't think you can just turn up and do it because it just doesn't work, particularly if you're doing the little ones. I think that the um, busy bees probably, having done all of the age groups, are probably the most challenging um, group just because they're young and they don't concentrate for very long. Um, get your mind thinking early. Don't think about it the night before. I think part of the reason for that is that you know, that you might get ideas as you go along and, you know, there, there, are good, there are things that you need to think through in terms of application and it doesn't necessarily come all at once. So, you know, think about it a couple of weeks before. You, you only, we only have a once-a-month sort of slot, so you've got plenty of time to, to think about it. Um, think through the concentration time of the child in your preparation. Each age group, obviously... Um, can concentrate for longer but I think the average sort of idea is that a child can concentrate for one minute per year of its life so if you're doing the two-year-olds then you've got two minutes and that's not to say that the whole teaching session has to be done in two minutes it means that the the way that you construct your session you've got to change so you do a song and you do a story and then you do a role play and then you do a game and each of those are two minutes 
but you, you probably will find with the average two-year-old, you won't get much more than um, two minutes out of them. And obviously, the older ones, are, it's much easier. But even so, you, you know, the, the um, ARC group, you have got four-year-olds. that They're still quite young. And I think that the material, if you're not careful, um, the expectation is quite, quite high. Not that that's a bad thing, but... Um, don't be afraid to change things, to customise what you teach. I think, um, you know, leave things out, add things in, whatever, have your own ideas. Um, and you're a role model. So, you know, when you're around the children, just, just be aware of how you're acting and thinking. It's quite interesting listening to um, people, particularly with m encouraging children with manners. And it's something that I notice quite a lot. And you're always saying you know, say please to your children. And so many adults don't say please to the children. And I think, gosh, that's terribly bad role modelling. Because actually, if you want a child to sit down, then you should say sit down, please. And we tend not to, I think, often. So that's something to just to be aware of. Okay, moving on to the group. Um, teach from the Bible rather than a notebook. That's slightly strange. But I, I think, really, again, with role modelling, it's really important that the children know that what we're teaching is from the Bible. At, at Zebedee, before we do our Bible time, they always sing the Bible song. So they, somebody stands up and holds the Bible. And I think it's a really good, not that the older ones need to do that, but I think it's very important that they know that we're not just giving them a whole load of nice thoughts, but actually we're teaching from Scripture. And if you've got your notebook there, it doesn't have the same sort of impact. So, you know, have your Bible with your notebook in it. But I think it's, I think it's a really good discipline to, um, for them to see you hold, holding your Bible. Same with the older children as well. It's important for the youth too. So. Um, keep, keep the session moving. I think if, you, if you've got them sitting for an hour... That's, that's probably not a great thing. It's, it's too schooly. You just need to keep, you know, so do a game, get them moving. And that, I know it sounds funny, but actually it's much easier to keep them sitting because when they're sitting, they're not causing any trouble. When you let them run wild, then, then you've got the discipline problem. But it is important that they, you know, they get up and move around and do something different. Um, have one point. I think the great thing about this material is that there is just one aim. It tends to be one aim. Um, and you, you need to teach it, and then you need to illustrate it, and then you need to apply it, and then, you know, if you've got a song, then sing it. But you just keep going over and over and over the same point, and then hopefully by the end of the session they, they would have got it. I think that's particularly relevant for the small ones again. But I think the older ones too, you just don't want to introduce hundreds of different themes in a session, otherwise they just go away having not le learnt anything. Um, set expectation. I think, you know, children... Children do, they, they are spiritual, they, you know, they do pick up um, an awful lot. And I think that, I've heard some people saying that they think the material is slightly above their heads. I think it's, it's you, just, you do have to make it relevant, like Tim was saying, cut it up into pieces. But actually, it, it, is, it is good material. And I think, it, I think our, if our expectations, if we are expecting a lot from the children, they do tend to meet that. I mean, I, I'm always really surprised. It's slightly different at school because we teach them every single day, um, whereas we only have them once a week. And then if you're away for the weekend, you haven't been for two weeks. But I'm amazed at how much, um, particularly our four-year-olds, the, the three-year-olds not quite so much, but the four-year-olds taking the most phenomenal amount. We had one little boy, I, I might have told this story last time I did this, I'm sorry if I did, who... Um, who had a conversation with his older brother at breakfast. His older brother had said there was no such thing as God. 
And this four-year-old turned around to his brother and said, there is, there is a God and he's omnipresent. At that point, his mother nearly fell off her chair because she couldn't believe that a four-year-old would come out. And it's actually part of our curriculum. We use a different curriculum than this, but the expectations of the curriculum are quite high and you perhaps wouldn't use that word with most four-year-olds. And she then thought, well, I'll ask him what it means. I can't believe he'd know. And he knew exactly what it meant. Told her that, it, you know, that God was everywhere all the time. And and, you know, that's a four-year-old. So there, there are, they do take in a lot. And, you know, don't be frightened to, um, to set expectations for them because children do tend to go with you. Use a template. I think for the younger ones particularly, it's really important. And it might be something that we need to sit down and talk about. But they need to do the same thing every time they come in. Otherwise, it's quite, it does get quite confusing. They need a routine, the little ones. They need to know that they come in and play and then they do that and then they do that and then they do the other um, and the older ones obviously are much more adaptable, but I think for little ones they do need that. Um, set boundaries. Don't be frightened of being firm um, and having expectations. If you're not, then, then none of them will learn anything because you'll just have complete chaos. Um, so, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to be strict with them. Most of them go to schools that are quite strict, so they're, they're quite used to it. Um, and they will run rings around you if you let them. Um, help them live it. I think it's really important with, with all of the ages that, you know, we teach something, but then it needs to be made relevant to their life. You know, what does that mean to a life of a three-year-old? How, how can you make it relevant to them? You know, you say the next week's bubbles is um, we can pray um, anywhere. Well, you know, where? In the, where, where, do, where are three-year-olds? You know, what are they doing? Where, where can they pray? Um, you know, we say that, and there are lots of things that we can think of, but they need help with their application. So, you know, get onto their level and think, right, you know, where are they? Where can they be praying? Some of them are frightened at night. That's, you know, that would be a great thing to talk about. Um, but I think application is really important. I think Bible stories are great, but unless it means something to them, you know, you kind of think, well, it's all right being great, but it does actually need to have some sort of application. Um, and... Parents, those of you that are parents, keep teaching the message from Sunday during the week. I think the great thing about the, um, these, this material is that there's a fantastic um, worksheet. And I, I don't know whether those people who do teach that age group actually use it, but when I did it, I always used to make sure they had the worksheet to take home. The reason why is because it's got your aim on it, it's got your passage on it, it's got some questions for you, it's got the website address it's got absolutely everything. So when you take it home, don't just stick it in a pile in your kitchen. Actually use it because, you know, they have the theme, but then, you know, two days later, they would have forgotten it. But if you go over it through the week and then the next week, it's the same story because they're talking about Daniel. That, so last week they did Daniel, this week they're doing it. And then, you know, they'll be able to, it'll, it goes in. I think that's why our children learn so much because they have it every day, whereas they don't at church. And so it's a real tool for you to, to help you um, teach them. Have fun with them. They're great. And, you know, don't, it isn't all really serious. I think it's really, really great. Just have fun. And then just going on to the children, we're sharing God's love with them. Um, and, you know, that's something that we need to be communicating during those sessions. Listen to them. It's, it's quite hard in those sort of um, situations because it's not very long. 
but particularly the older ones, that it will be an opportunity where they're away from their parents and they might want to say things. They might say, you know, say things that are on, talk about things that are on their mind. Give them the chance to, um, to speak and also listen to what they're really saying. I think that's the other thing. You know, it's easy to kind of get a superficial view of it but actually sometimes they're communicating we had a two-year-old who kept going on about a dog and I just I she was actually it was really getting quite irritating and I was thinking why does she keep talking about the dog and in the end I spoke to the mother because I thought she suddenly got obsessed and she she actually got um she had a bad experience with a dog in the park and you know she was trying she was talking to us about it because it was obviously on her mind and you know she couldn't speak so it was quite difficult to understand but um you know, they do, they do have things that they want to say, and I think we can be a help. As Tim was saying, you know, as an extended family, um, you know, it's great to be able to be part of their lives in, in some ways. Um, accept them for who they are. They're all different, and, you know, we, you can't have a stereotypical child. They're all very different, and so you have to kind of, within your group, you're going to have the ones that talk, the ones that don't talk, the ones that make a noise, the ones that are the pain in the neck. But they all, you know, we need to accept them all and not try and make them into something that they're not, basically. Um, a sense of place is, a, I have a really big thing about this. I think, um, and, and I think the Bibles in the church are a really important part of that. Um, that all of, all of the children need to feel that they're welcome. So whenever, whatever group you're in, always start off doing something um, with them using their name. So that, you know, the busy bees have badges. And it's, a re- they're, it's really important that they feel that you're expecting them, that they're wanted, that they've got a place. And in the church, when you give them a Bible, you're actually saying to them, you know, you're welcome here. We want you here. That's why it's really important there are enough Bibles, so we might have to buy some more. Because <laughs> if you run out, then you're saying you're not welcome. <laughs> but, but all of that kind of thing, you know, it's just, it is a really, really important that they feel, feel that. Um, Time, that's very difficult because it's so busy. But, you know, if you, if you can um, give, e- you know, each child a couple of minutes so that they feel that they're not just a group, but they're um, part of something. Um, respect them. They, some of them have completely potty ideas and, and you just have to work out ways of um, fi- letting them feel that what they've said is, is valued. This is particularly as they get older. And, um, but it is important that we're not just feeding stuff in. You know, we need to hear back from them. And they're entitled to opinions, after all. I mean, we don't want them just to be kind of spoon-fed. Um, but we do have to work out how we can, if they do say potty things, how, how we can work around that. Um, encourage them. Lots of encouragement. All children need to be encouraged. Uh, with the little ones, you know, think the things that they've done just make a point of saying what, how, what a great picture they've made or whatever. All of those sort of things are, in, you know, really building up their self-image and confidence. And then helping with choices. Um, with the little ones, their choices are whether or not they're going to hit somebody on the head or share a toy. But with the older ones, that you know, there are things that are getting are becoming more significant. And I think. Those of, you know, for, for those of us who are involved in, in, the, in this work, we're not parents. It, we can have a huge influence on them and you know, just really help in you know, guiding decisions and behaviour and you know, with the youth, whatever the choices they are, are making at the time, which are, are quite challenging, I think, for a lot of them. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's it, I think.
sorry.